Thank you. Wonderful. <clears throat> For those who know my difficult relationship with technology, <laughs> your hearts must be in your mouths as you see me prodding a computer here in the front. <laughs> Mind you, if I lose these notes, you'll have a nice short meeting this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, while the offering is going round, thank you for your prayers for Marion and for Zach. Um, we had a wonderful uh, time in, in Gibraltar, meeting up with all friends and everything, but then, of course... On the flight back, Marion picked up a virus, and she's not at all well. But what I want to share with you this morning is so important to both of us that she wanted to make sure that I came and shared this with the House of Revive Hull this morning, because it's a combined meeting. It's a, a united meeting. And um, I want to share something that really started a month ago, where God gave a word for the current situation in Revive. And it was so important, and it was so exciting that, uh, that uh, we thought, wow. But then, of course, it was given in one of the campuses in Kingswood, actually, a month ago. Kingswood campus Sunday morning and uh, Rodney Burton from the USA was the preacher and God engineered that morning so that he brought a word which was precisely and clearly what we needed to hear today and so because we are now united as Revive Hull, not two campuses. This is an, a brilliant opportunity to bring everybody up to date of what we're praying for and where we're, what we're heading for and what we're expecting and what we're excited about. And the word, one word title for this morning is restoration. You know, I've used the word a lot over the years, but... Uh, Really, so far as we're concerned, at this time and in this season, I understand an awful lot more what restoration means and how it will affect all of us and the area. So I want to talk to you this morning about restoration. And if you want a, a bit of a sentence to sort of give a um, shape to what I'm going to talk about this morning, I want to talk to you about a church put on pause and then restored. A church put on pause for a long time and then miraculously restored. And where we are in that sequence is what's exciting me this morning. So, a month ago, 26th of February, in uh, Kingswood campus, we had the American Rodney Burton. 
And he came, and um, as he was about to get up and, and speak, God pushed Marion into getting up to share a few words, which she doesn't do very much these days, but this was the moving of the Spirit. And she got up and just said a little bit about the story of the restoration to life of the boy, the son of the Shunammite woman in the story of Elisha. Okay? Elisha raising the dead. And she just said a few words about restoration and revival and, you know, bringing things back to life. And um, as a result of that, Rodney abandoned the message that he had prepared for that morning and gave a message on another restoration for the Shunammite woman that happened probably a decade or more after the boy was raised from the dead. Okay? And that's the story that I want to look at this morning. The story of the restoration of the land, say land, and house, say house, of the Shunammite woman who, by the way, was, by the time this story happens, was a, what you might call a rich widow. <laughs> you know, she was the head of a household that had premises to live in and a vast area to farm in an area called Shunem. Okay? So it's the Shunemite woman's story. And uh, it's a story of a seven-year pause. A seven-year pause that ended with a miraculous restoration of everything that she had lost and left behind seven years ago. Okay? So that is the restoration story that we are looking at this morning. And um, when Rodney switched his message, I, I, I thought that was lovely. Why? Because when you're going to have prophetical input into the house, into Revive, I like it when it comes from outside where they don't know the circumstances of the house. This is God. Okay? It came from outside. It wasn't just someone, us or me or anybody here, dreaming up what they would like to happen. This is God sending someone to tell us what's going to happen. Okay? So it was an outside prophetical teaching from Rodney Burton a month ago. And now, I tell you what, the best thing I can do is I'll read the story to you and then you know what I'm talking about, okay? So it's found in the second book of Kings and chapter 8 and the first half a dozen verses. And um, in this version I'm going to read, it's headed, The Shunammite's Land Restored. The Shunammite's Land Restored. So I'll just read it out, but this is the English Standard Version because, uh, you know, I like using all sorts of different translations. This one has got a bit more detail than many of the others, okay? And I like having the detail. You know me for detail, okay? So it's a more detailed uh, version of the Shunammite's land restored. Now, Elisha had said to the woman whose son he had restored to life, arise and depart with your household and sojourn wherever you can. I love that old word, sojourn. You know what it means? Live temporarily. 
sojourn, okay? So if you go camping in the country, you're sojourning. <laughs> or if you rent a, a caravan in one of the dozens of huge caravan sites along the East Coast, you're sojourning because <laughs> you're there for a fortnight. It's just temporary stay, okay? And so Elisha said to the Shunammite, rich widow by this time, because he's, he's speaking to her as the head of the household. So her husband had gone in the intervening period since her son was raised from the dead. And so he said, take your household and sojourn, stay temporarily, wherever you can. Get away from this land, okay? Sort of put her in a sort of exile. <laughs> Why? For the Lord has called for a famine. And it will come upon this land for seven years. So the woman arose and did according to the word of the man of God. She went with her household and sojourned in the land of the Philistines of all places for seven years. Could have found a better holiday location than the land of the sworn enemies of the Israelites. But she ended up in Philistia, the land of the Philistines, and stayed there at Elisha's orders for seven years. Verse 3, and at the end of seven years, when the woman returned from the land of the Philistines, God, fancy, fancy staying in the land. What a difficult, dangerous, stressful place to be. I want to tell you, when your life's put on pause, it's not easy. This church has been put on pause for seven years. It's not been easy. Yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, it's stressful. Yeah, you're having to come and set things up in a different hall every week sometimes. You know what I mean? A church put on pause without a building, losing their land and their building, it's... I thank God I see so many here that are still sticking with it. Yeah? It might be the land of the Philistines, but God's put us here. Yeah? God's put us here. And he's going to take us from here as he restores us. Okay? Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. At the end of seven years, when the woman returned from the land of the Philistines, she went straight away to appeal to the king for her house, Say her house and her land. Okay. Now the king was talking with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, tell me all the great things that Elisha has done. So he wanted all the stories of all the miracles of Elisha uh, to be told to him by his servant, Elisha's servant. Tell me all the great things Elisha has done. And while he was telling the king how Elisha had restored the dead to life. This would have been 10, 10 years ago at this time. Behold, the woman whose son he had restored to life was there appealing to the king for her house and her lands, right? As he was telling the story, the woman that he hadn't seen for at least 10 years turns up and there she is in the court, yeah? What a miraculous coincidence or what we call a God incidence. This was arranged. Yeah. And so as he was telling the king how Elisha restored the dead to life, behold, the woman whose son he had restored to life appealed to the king for a house and a land. 
And Gehazi said, My Lord, O king, here is the woman, and here is her son that Elisha restored to life. And when the king asked the woman, she told him. The story checks out. She confirmed the details. When the king asked the woman, yeah, yeah, this is my son. And he was dead, and now he's alive. Yeah, and I'm, I'm the woman that Gehazi is talking about. So, what happened? The king appointed an official, a court official, for her, saying, restore. Say restore. restore. All. Say all. all. Say restore all. Restore all that was hers, together with all the produce of the fields, from the day she left the land until now. Wow. That's restoration. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, complete. That's restoration. Everything you've lost, back. And all the things, good things that could have happened during those seven years, back. Yeah, the produce of the fields, the, the profits from those fields for seven years. She got the, at the end of the famine, it was just as if there had never been a famine for her. She got it all back. If God had done it a different way and just helped her to survive the famine, she would have survived. She was quite a well-to-do woman, and she would have the resources to buy food and so on and sell off her land to buy food or whatever. But instead of just surviving the famine, she actually ended up thriving because she'd been put on pause. You get the idea? You get the idea? You get more at the end of it. It's like Job... God put his life on pause, didn't he? Lost everything, even his health. But at the end, when God's purposes had been worked out for him, he ended up with more than he'd lost. That's a good restoration. That's like it says in, in Joel 2, 25. The Lord will restore all the years that the locust has eaten. I want to tell you, the locust has been at our fellowship for seven years, but we're going to get back to where we were. That's restoration. Restoration is a big word. It means there are big things coming. God's got great plans. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Things are going to get better. That's what restoration means. That's why we're praying excitedly, because God has sent someone from America to say, it's time to start petitioning the king for restoration. Yeah? All that you may have lost and missed for seven years of pause, you're going to get it all back and more. Yeah? That's restoration. I'm losing my way a little bit. I've got notes. I'll have to stick to them, I think. <laughs> so this Israeli famine story is a picture of the Holy Spirit putting the life of a church on pause. By the way, Rodney told us while he was here, um, he says, 
don't forget that when you look at the stories of Elisha and the Shunammite woman, Elisha plays the part in the story of the Holy Spirit, and the woman plays the part of the church. Feminine, so it's very appropriate for a woman to play the part of the church, because when you read through the Bible, uh, Zion in the Old Testament is always she, it's always her, it's always feminine. And in the New Testament as well, the church, she, her, in fact, all the way through to the bride of Christ in Revelation. And so having the church portrayed by a woman is very apt. You see it in, in the Old Testament, the daughters of Zion, yeah, the women of Zion, all the time it's feminine. Okay, anyway, that's an aside. So the woman plays is the, the part of or is a picture of the church who had extended her home to accommodate Elisha, the Holy Ghost. The church is the place where we host the Holy Spirit. Amen? So that's the sort of picture there of that uh, story of the Shunammite woman and Elisha, the man of God. Now, Elisha put the woman's life on pause. It wasn't her idea. It wasn't a punishment. She'd done nothing wrong. In fact, she was being obedient when she went on pause. And I want to tell you, we have had a seven-year pause in this church where things seem to slow down. Yeah, and go just hardly moving, you might say. It's almost as if seven years ago, God took his foot off the accelerator of the Revive Fellowship and began to apply the brakes. And so, the, it's hardly noticeable, but the steady flow of people getting saved and baptized slowed down. Yeah? We were being put on pause. We, 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 it's not that we'd done anything wrong, it was just that God has a plan. <laughs> and pause is part of it. He, he pauses you to protect you so that he can bless you more in the future. I don't understand the ways of God, but that's the way it worked for the woman, and she is a picture of the church being put on pause. Anyway, she was put on pause, and I remember during the pause, of course, that the woman was put on down in the land of the Philistines, the whole country was put on pause by a famine. Okay? So she's put on pause voluntarily, as it were, and, and obediently. But actually, the whole of Israel had a famine for seven years, so the whole country was put on pause. And in our case, we might have been slowing down and put on pause seven years ago, but three years ago, the whole country went on pause with the COVID pandemic. Pandemic of fear, I call it. And the whole country was put on pause. So. We were put on pause as a church before the country was put on pause in the pandemic. But it's the pattern of Elisha and the woman fits so exactly what's been happening to us for the past seven years. And so that's what's exciting us. It's God talking to us and opening up a scripture that has always been there. We've read the story many times before, but all of a sudden, something boom, jumps out. This is where we are. 
This is God's word for the day. This is what we should be doing, and this is what we should be expecting. Restoration. Restoration. I remember telling people back then, some time ago, that the word I used, I, I said to people, I felt that we were becalmed. I felt that we were in the doldrums. Yeah? Now, the doldrums, probably most of you know, but I'll just say that the doldrums is actually an area of the South Atlantic Ocean, a huge, vast area of the ocean where there's this strange phenomena where all of a sudden the wind can stop blowing and there's no wind for days or weeks or even months. It's the doldrums, okay? I mean, it just means there's no wind there. And in the, of course, it doesn't matter today with the big motorized vessels, but years ago when they had sailing ships and galleons and tea clippers and schooners and these big sailing ships, they all depended totally on the wind. So when they strayed into a place where there was no wind, they were in real trouble. When they were in the doldrums, they knew that it could be days, it could be weeks, it could even be months before the wind would take them on, on their journey. They were on pause. They were paused by the lack of wind. And um, frustrated sea captains used to, at times, lower all the longboats of the big sailing vessels and with tow lines and put their crew in the boats and get them to try and row to pull the huge vessel away from the doldrums and into somewhere where they can find a bit of wind. Okay, but the problem is it was extremely hard work and usually it wasn't successful. <laughs> they were frustrated, but it was something they could try and do to get out of the problem. And I want to tell you, the doldrums for Revive has been stressful and hard work. Yeah? And all, you, you try to drum up the spirit. You can't drum up the spirit. You can't drum up the wind to fill your sails. It's got to be God. Yeah? But there we were. And it was at God's planning and purpose that we were put on pause for seven years. And so calling it the doldrums was just the way I expressed it way back just before the pandemic. The church was already on pause before the pandemic paused the nation. Okay, so... Back to the story. Because Elisha warned that Israel was going to experience a national emergency, seven years of famine, the Shunammite left her big farmhouse that she'd extended to accommodate the prophet, and as well as her land and her crops and her harvest, and with her household, she went to the land of the Philistines. And it wasn't a comfortable place. It was the land of pause. The land of pause is not a comfortable place. And she stayed there for seven years. But when the seven years was up and the famine had come and gone, our seven years is up, the pandemic has come and gone, yeah? What did the woman do? It says in the scripture, she went to appeal to the king for restoration. 
of her house and her land. So the pertinent lesson there for us today is that restoration is a gift. It's the gift of the king. He's the only one who has the authority to restore. Restoration is the gift of the king of kings. It's not a reward for hard work. It's not a recognition of anything good you might have done, though you may have been faithful to the word of God and so on. But you don't work for it. You don't earn it. You don't toil for it. You don't strive for it. You, you certainly don't deserve it. You just get it. When the time is right, when God's timing is ready for you to be restored, you will be restored if you ask. Okay? So you ask to, have to ask at the right time. And that's what's exciting about a month ago, because I believe God sent Rodney Burton to us to say, it's time. It's time for your restoration. It's time for God to move in and give you restoration, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Full, detailed, complete restoration. That's why we're getting excited. Things are going to change. Yeah? But not because we're working for it. Not because we're striving and toiling to make things better. Restoration is a gift of the king. And the king is ready to give you a gift, revive. It's the restoration of your fortunes to back where they were before. Yeah, King Jesus is the only one who can end the pause and fill our sails again with the Holy Spirit. Jesus, King Jesus, is the only one who can provide us with the right premises a house for this fellowship, yeah? He's the one who has to provide it. Because this house has got to be a special house because it's got to be a restoration of what we had before. And what we used to have before is what you might call a house of glory. Did you know the building we used to meet in got so impregnated with the Spirit of God that strangers walking into the empty building would turn and say, what do you do here? I feel such a peace. The Spirit was in the building. It was a house of glory. God restore us a house of glory again. Amen. God restore us a house of glory again. Amen. Amen. A house of glory. It's a gift from the King. And so he is the only one can, who can not only give us a house of glory again, but who can reestablish our territorial our land, okay? Our territorial influence and spiritual profile in this area again. Because all that's been put on pause, you know that, don't you? Yeah? We're not what we were, but we're going to be what we were. Okay? That's restoration. Amen? We're needing to move forward into the throne room and pray for restoration again. We, he's, Jesus is the only one who can make Revive Church a lampstand church, as I call it. You know what I mean? High profile. A lampstand church. There are seven lampstands, which are churches in the book of Revelation. I believe 
Revive was a lampstand church, but that's something that's been paused. So it's something that God is going to restore back again to our status and profile in the community once again. King Jesus is the sovereign restorer of the fortunes of Revive. Now, I want you to notice the succession of coincidences or God incidences at the climax of the Shunammite woman's story. As she arrives to petition the king, Gehazi, Elisha's servant, is telling the story of the miracles. And just as he was at the very story about the boy that was raised to life, she turns up. Yeah? This, this, this was really a, a God incidence, not just a coincidence. This is God organizing things. And I believe God is organizing things today so that we can come with our petition before him. He's told us it's time, a month ago. We can come before him and say, please, Lord, restore us again. Restore us again to where we were and more. Let us have all the harvests that we've missed during seven years of pause. Let us see all the miracles that we didn't see and signs and wonders we didn't see because we were paused for seven years. I want full restoration. Yeah? I want to be a church again where you see a steady flow of people getting saved and baptized. Yeah? That's restoration because that's what it was before. I want to see a church that has influence not, over, not only around Hull, but in the district and even internationally. Because that's where we were. That's all gone on pause. And the pause is about to come to an end. I'm so glad to say. Amen? Amen. And so goggle-eyed with surprise, Gehazi says, that's the woman. That's her and that, that's her son that died and was brought back to life. And as the king sorted out that the story is correct, he then appointed a court official to make sure that this restoration of her land and of her premises was complete and full. And the king actually said, and not only to have her house back, and not only to have her land back, but organized so that there is restored to her all the produce of the fields and of the land that has happened in the past seven years while she was away. She'll get all the profits back as well. So in actual fact, the end situation of this woman was so much better than it was before and so much better than if she just survived the famine. God has a purpose in putting you on board. Do you know that? And his purpose is not to harm you. His purpose is to bless you. And he's going to bless us with a restoration. It's a miraculous thing. It comes from the hand of the king. I can't do it. You can't do it. Only he can do it. When the woman went back to Israel, she went straight to the throne room because she knew that was the only place where there was someone, the only one with the authority in all the land to give her her land back and her premises back. She went to the king this morning. While we're all here as Revive Hull family, which we weren't back a month ago, 
I would like to do something which I hope you will join me with, to express our unity in coming before the king. I wonder if you would repeat a petition with me. Yeah? So the whole church says, Lord, please restore us. Yeah? You willing to do that with me? Yeah, okay. Well, I keep on tripping over that. Yeah. We're going to do something then together. And what I propose is that um, we stand before Jesus and I repeat, I've, I've written down a petition. I've written down a prayer. Why? Because I'll forget it otherwise. <laughs> so I've written it down so all the detail is there. Okay? So we can repeat together a detailed petition for full, complete restoration of the fortunes of our church. Amen? You with me on that? Amen. Okay. Would you like to stand? And I'll repeat the prayer and uh, we'll go from there. Okay. So repeat after me. Lord Jesus. We stand together before your majesty this morning, representing the whole family of Revived Church. We come to ask that you will graciously restore to us a house to meet in that will become a presence impregnated house of glory. We ask that you will restore vision, momentum, and acceleration to our church life. We ask that you will restore to us again the anointing to be a high-profile lampstand church in this area and in the world. We ask for land. Please restore all the spiritual territory we used to influence, and please restore to us all the harvests of souls, all the moves of the Spirit, and all the signs, wonders and miracles that we missed because you paused us for seven years. And Lord Jesus, and Lord Jesus, finally we ask, finally we ask that, you that you appoint ministering angels, ministering angels to, oversee to oversee every detail, every detail of, the of the complete restoration, restoration of Revived Church, of church this, year. this year. Amen. amen. And amen. <laughs>
Amen. Would you like to take your seats? I see we've, I can just share something with you. Now we've done that. Because I'm in reading through the Bible, there's a place which I believe is the place of the joyful celebration that we're going to move in to this year as God restores the house and the land of this fellowship. It's going to be a happy time. It's going to be a joyful time. It's going to be an exciting time. We're going to see God moving, things happening. And we say, that's it. That's restoration. That's restoration. That's restoration. Yeah? And we've prayed for it. We've petitioned unitedly to King Jesus for it. So what's it going to look like when it happens? Well, I think it's going to look like the returning exiles coming back from Babylon into Zion. Yeah? And that rejoicing psalm, which is Psalm 126, has been bugging me for ages because I say, that's where we want to end up. <laughs> we want to be in that situation. We want to get back to being fully Zion. Yeah? Anyway, I'm not going to preach another sermon. I'll just read the psalm. Is it? Just get the feeling. Just get the atmosphere. Just get the excitement. Just get the rejoicing. When these, uh, it says to us, restore to us our former glory. That's what we've been saying, isn't it? It's in the psalm. I'll read the psalm. It was like a dream come true when you freed us from our bondage and brought us back to Zion. We laughed and laughed and overflowed with gladness. We were left shouting for joy and singing your praise. All the nations, the Gentiles, the people around saw it and joined in, saying the Lord has done great miracles for them. Yes, he did mighty miracles, and we are overjoyed. Now, Lord, do it again. That's today's phrase, isn't it? Now, Lord, do it again. Restore us to our former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until our dry hearts are drenched again. Who wants to pray for restoration? Okay. We've been praying for a month since God sent Rodney to tell us it's time. Let's all pray to see this restoration Detailed and complete this year. Amen? Amen. 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 God bless you.